0: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 28th, 2019. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Apologies for the low production value today. Had a software update. It's kind of messed around with something in my garage band and the the program that I use to record these podcasts. So, unable to uh, upload the music, the theme music. So, we're just going to dive right into today's episode. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk all about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Atlanta Hawks whether the offense is truly in trouble or not, and then we'll look ahead to Monday's game against the Toronto Raptors. But before we can do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find only from a local expert who knows their team best. The Orlando Magic taking on the Toronto Raptors, so now is the perfect time to check out Locked On Raptors. If you want to look a little bit ahead... You can check out Locked On Knicks, or if you want to look behind, Locked On Hawks has you covered. There's a podcast literally for every team in the NBA. Plus, we've got Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and a host of new podcasts from the, uh, covering the NBA from a national perspective, too. You can find all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts, plus MLB, NFL, College, and NHL podcasts, too. Wherever you download podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic did not shoot the ball well on Saturday night. Just no getting around that, no beating around the bush. It was a very bad shooting night for Orlando. And considering how the Magic played the final, four uh, final three preseason games, uh, really final four preseason games, plus their season opener, it's beginning to look like a disturbing little trend. But unlike those preseason games, Orlando never left the fight. Yes, Orlando couldn't hit the broadside of a barn or couldn't hit three-pointers to save their lives or couldn't get shots to go down, but they had the lead with about two minutes to play. They had every chance in this game, and they had a lot of open looks. Unfortunately, open looks don't get you much if you don't take advantage of them. You don't make the shots to begin with. And that's where the Magic found themselves against the Atlanta Hawks. Searching for that made shot that would put them over the top. In a tie game, or it was either tie game, in a tie game, Evan Fournier got free for a three-pointer. Took the shot, got hit in the head by Trey Young, which the NBA admitted he got hit in the head, and it didn't go down. A tough break. They would then turn around and see Trey Young break that tie at 97 all with a tough reverse layup. Down by two a little later on, Orlando runs a great play to get Nikola Vucevic an open look. But Vucevic, a little hesitant, doesn't catch the ball cleanly, takes his time, and Kevin Herter is able to block the shot. These are missed opportunities. No getting around them, no beating around the bush. Those are shots that have to go down. Nikola Vucevic has to make that shot, especially around the basket, and, and the Magic had a few of those around the basket that they just could not hit. On the other end, Trey Young made the Magic pay. On the other end, Trey Young made sure that the Hawks went home happy and the Magic moved on frustrated breaking down, trying to get past Markel Fultz. He was able to get that little bit of separation that he needs to step back and fire for three. Bottom of the net, good. The Atlanta Hawks defeat the Orlando Magic 103-99. That, that actually made it a, a 102-97 game, I believe. A five-point lead for, for the Hawks at that time. It really does sometimes come down to the Hawks made shots and the Magic didn't. Sound excuse? Orlando had every opportunity to execute, and Trey Young's final five points or five of his final six points, because he made free throw later on, uh, were defensive breakdowns. Were plays that the Magic defended not perfectly or not well enough? Clearly, because Young was able to get where he wanted to go. Some growing pains, perhaps, for Markel Foltz, who was out on the floor at the end of the game to give the Magic a little bit more size to guard Young, which, which had worked for at least part of the night. But in the end, the Magic didn't have the, the offensive push they needed. They couldn't get the shots to go down. Again... It doesn't feel like the Magic are panicking about this at all. They did some very good things against the Hawks. They played some really good basketball against the Hawks. But at the end of the day, it's about making shots. At the end of the day, Orlando needs to see the ball go through the net. If they're going to succeed. If they're going to pick up the wins that they want. Because yes, the point is to put the ball in the basket. And Orlando simply didn't do that in this game. The final stats, the Magic shoot 35.4% from the floor. In fact, in a weird statistical quirk, no player on the Magic shot better than 50%. No guys who took one shot and made it. No guys who took two shots and made one of them. Everyone shot worse than 50% in the game. Worse still, Orlando made only 5 of 31 three-pointers. And guess what? Markel Fultz was the leading three-point shooter with two. The Magic's best shooters, whether it's Terrence Ross, who was one is 1-for-6, or Evan Fournier, was one is 1-for-6, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, 0-for-3, 0-for-2, Nikola Vucevic, 0-for-4, the Magic's best shooters could not get the ball to go down, and the looks were fine. A credit to this team that they were able to still defend well, that they were able to get out and transition when they could, that they forced 18 turnovers, that they kept themselves in the game. But at winning time, it is about making shots. And the magic didn't make shots. Let's run through some final stats for you, real fast, just to get a better glimpse of this game. Evan Fournier scores 23 points, eight for 18 shooting. Had really good moments, especially early. Had some nice bursts of scoring. Um, you know, I thought late in the game he tried a little too hard to take over and play by himself. I, I'm, I don't, you know, I think there's everyone who thinks that you always need like a one-on-one go-to playmaker late in games. And I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think you run your offense and you get good shots. And the Magic, I thought, late in the game ran their offense and generally got good shots. They they were able to pick up good look, good looks at the end of the game. And again, they just missed them. So it, 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 it's, I, I don't think any of this is a reason to panic. You lose close games sometimes, and this just felt like a weird game. But we'll, we'll get into the offensive problems here in a little bit. Um, but I do, did think late in the game, Evan Fournier got a little too eagle-eyed on the basket. I thought he missed outside shooters, he missed teammates, and and really I think when it comes down to it, the Magic's biggest problem in this game wasn't the shots that they got. There were some bad shots, don't get me wrong. I thought Al Farouk took some bad shots, Aaron Gordon, again, took some bad shots um, and tried to force his way to the rim a little too much. Um, Nikola Vucevic, I thought, settled too much for the outside shot. Um I I, I don't think shot selection was a huge problem. It was a little bit of a problem, but only because they were missing so many shots. Um, But I did think Evan Fournier and and the Magic as a whole did not do a good enough job feeding the next guy. It's it's not so much looking for uh, the first shot you can get, even if the first shot's a good shot, it's feeding to the next guy to get the better shot. It was, you know, Markel Fultz, who had hit two three pointers and, you know, was. Feeling himself a little bit, you know, four for eleven shooting, two for six from beyond the arc, it wasn't like he was, you know, an ace by any means from beyond the arc. But he was open, and I think if you have Fultz out there, you got to trust him to make that shot. If they're going to leave him open, you got to trust him to make the shot, and and he proved in this game that he could. Uh, that was really my only complaint about Evan Fournier. To be honest, I thought he played a really solid game. Otherwise, again. Just a lot of—the Magic had a lot of just kind of strange forays to the rim where they were just trying to to create contact or, or create something, and the Hawks did a really good job crowding them and, and getting blocks. They had nine blocks in the game. And while Orlando did a good job attacking Glass, to get 17 offensive rebounds and and, and finished finish those up to kind of uh, blunt some of their offensive struggles, the—the—the uh, the, the shots you know they're, they're they're just better shots out there i thought and, and i think that would have helped the offense a little bit but again I, I think that's that's picking nits a little bit i think orlando did get good shots and again you know you tend to look at the result and not the process sometimes and and you'll you'll hear a lot of coaches say that it's process over result, results the magic were pretty good um you know steve clifford said uh, after practice on sunday that you know the analytics team for the magic gave them you know gave the team an expected 117 points with the field goals that they got, with the shots that they did get. So, I think that the Magic's execution is not as bad as we think. Um, I don't think it's good by any stretch of imagination. I wouldn't say it was uh, 117 points good, but Orlando left a lot of points on the board just from missed shots in this game. And again, you can go down the line. Aaron Gordon, four for ten, seven rebounds, three assists. Again, I thought he tried to force force himself to the basket too much. Nikola Vucevic, 16 points, 10 rebounds, seven for 19 shooting. I thought he hung around the perimeter a little bit too much. He didn't work the post well, um, but got to the offensive glass. Uh, did do some good things. And again, everyone just kind of had their spurts. Um, uh, DJ Augustine, 14 points, five for 11 shooting. Really struggled guarding Trey Young early on. 10 points given up in the in the first quarter, but he went right back at him uh, in his second stint. And 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 Augustine did a good job keeping the Magic afloat for long stretches. The Magic had three really good point guards play in this game. Again, Augustine's biggest weakness was defensively and and that proved itself in this game. Uh, But, you know, you go down the list too. Markel Foltz, 12 points, 4 for 11 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc, 3 assists, no turnovers. Um, He did a really good job just kind of sparking the team and, and getting some movement, getting some action into the paint. He does a really good job creating penetration, creating those open looks. And again, it's, Two games in, so I don't, you know, I think there's, you know, certainly fans who want to start him immediately, and he finished a game, so that tells you something, I think, as well. Um, but Fultz, Fultz, you know, is still gaining confidence. I, you know, I'm curious what happens when defenses start to game plan him a little bit more. I don't think they're quite there yet, um, but he's making a very clear and positive impact on, in these games. I, I think that's undeniable um, that good things are happening when Marco Fultz is on the floor and the Magic are playing better when he's on the floor, just playing at a better pace in general. Michael Carter-Williams, I thought, also had a really nice game. Five points, two for six shooting, four rebounds, three steals. He had a stretch of about three or four minutes in the third quarter or early fourth quarter where he, he forced five turnovers in like two, three minutes. I mean, it was his defense was incredible, um, and he just makes really good plays. I mean, his shooting is still an issue. Um, he made Aish a three-pointer toward the end of the third quarter that was a big shot for for him and for the magic um but he just makes plays happen and and I can see why Steve Clifford doesn't want to leave him on the bench because you know frankly Marco Fultz has played has been the best overall player on the team so far in two games um which maybe isn't saying much uh, it's hard to disagree that Michael Carter Williams isn't in that top three or four guys as well because he is I mean his, he's not scoring is that's not his role but he is playing some really really good basketball Overall, though, you know, you just go down the line, the Magic just didn't get enough offensive push. You know, you shoot 35.4% from the floor, 16.1% from beyond the arc. You know, the good news is you get to the line for 26 free throw attempts, 24 for 26 from the foul line. You get 17 offensive rebounds. You only turn the ball over 10 times. You force 18 turnovers. You're doing some really good things. Atlanta, for the record here, shot 51.2% from the floor. They had nine offensive rebounds, which Steve Clifford wasn't happy about. The Hawks were able to convert on those offensive rebounds, unlike the Cavaliers in Wednesday's game. But overall, there are honestly good indicators here. The Magic, I think, are rebounding better than Steve Clifford gives them credit for. I think that's absolutely true. I I think that the Magic are getting the shots they want, and certainly more so in, Sunday's, in Saturday's game than in Wednesday's game. But obviously, there's still more work to do, and it's it's about just getting those shots to go down. So, right now, the Magic have to keep the faith. I, I think if you're you're gloom and doom after that loss Saturday, you're you're not you're either focusing too much on the result, which again results matter. I'm not saying they don't matter. The Magic needed to win that game, and and they let that one slip. But the team is still doing good things, and as long as they continue to grow and move in the right direction, I think that will be okay. Um, so, we'll talk a little bit more about the offense here coming up in just a moment. Uh, but overall, you know, Trey Young, 39 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, 16 for 25 shooting, 5 for 10 from beyond the arc. The Magic just did not have any answer for him individually. The Magic were able to take him out of the game for long stretches. Um, they, got, they had good defensive effort on him from Fultz and Carter Williams. The Magic blitzed him. They, they did a really good job kind of pushing him out. But in those late-game moments, Young was able to get free. He was able to get where he wanted. He was able to hit shots. He was able to create space. And that's just not someone that the Magic can afford to give that kind of space and that kind of time to. So the Orlando Magic uh, def- uh, fall to the Atlanta Hawks, 103-99 at State Farm Arena. They'll be back in action Monday. We'll talk about the Toronto Raptors here in just a moment. But to get you ready for that Raptors game, you got to get into the action. you got to really be into it. And And, and, and it's going to be a fun game watching the Magic play the Raptors again. And so the best place to get in on the action is at mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy or or person or whoever who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Overall, the Orlando Magic are second in the league in defensive rating. I think if there's one thing the Magic have prove through two games in this NBA season, It's that their defense is really good. Like, really, really good. That Hawks team shot 50%. They got 39 points from Trey Young. They scored only 103 points, and Orlando had every chance to win that game. As much as Steve Clifford wanted to complain about the rebounding, some of the issues in that game against the Cavs, they held Cleveland to 85 points. I don't care who you are. Holding an NBA team to 85 points is no small feat. And on top of that, Cleveland went out and destroyed Indiana, put up a big number on them in their next game. But forget the numbers. Just watching the team play, you can see that defensive potential. You can see their defense. And you can see they still can get a lot better. So I think it's fair to stipulate at this point that as so long as Orlando stays engaged and active defensively, They are an extremely dangerous team. As long as Orlando is committed to their defensive principles, they could have one of the best defenses in the league. I'm fairly certain of that. And so Saturday's loss is instructive for that reason. The Magic have a really good defense that is going to give them a chance to win a lot of games that that maybe they shouldn't. But at the end of the day, none of it is going to matter if the offense doesn't come along. At the end of the day, this Magic team is going only as far as their offense can take them. The early season stats are both encouraging and unencouraging. Obviously, Orlando is near the bottom of the league in offensive rating. I think they're 29th in the league in offensive rating entering Sunday's games. They have the worst effective field goal percentage in the league. Again, two games, no one's really going crazy over it. Right now, the Magic are simply not making shots. According to NBA.com's tracking statistics, the Magic are 29 for 85, shooting 34.1% on shots where the closest defender is more than 4 feet away, including 6 for 39 when the closest defender is more than 6 feet away. Orlando is missing open shots. Perhaps more tellingly, and maybe this is encouraging, 52 of the Magic's 61 three-point field goal attempts this season have come with the closest defender more than four feet away. These are categorized as open shots on NBA.com. 52 of 61 three-point attempts. So the Magic are shooting about 33-point attempts per game, which I think is the number that they need to be at. If they target 33-point attempts, I think that probably means they're getting a good balance of inside-out attack. So, 52 of 61 of their three-point shots are open. This suggests good ball movement. This suggests good execution. This suggests that they're not always settling for for three-pointers. They're getting open looks. And again, they're just not going down. Orlando knows the offense is the problem. The Magic know that if they're going to take that next step, if they're going to get to the next level, it's going to be because of their offense. They trust their defense will be in the top 10, that their defense will keep them in every game but it's their ability to score and execute and make shots that's going to determine everything else. The Magic's pace as far as possessions per 48 minutes is is not significantly up over last year, but watch them play, and yes, they are trying to get out and transition more. They're trying to get out on the break. They're trying to get to the basket a lot more. They're trying to draw fouls more. I, I, I think there is a different approach to the way the Magic are playing offense this year, at least through two games. it's still plainly obvious that there's a lot more work to do. That the team is still trying to make that push. Trying to take that next step. And it starts with just making shots. I I wish I had a more simple, a more difficult answer or some insight to analyze, but The Magic just need to make shots. Aaron Gordon attacking the basket needs to make shots. I, you know, honestly, outside of two or three shots, I don't mind Aaron Gordon's shot selection. I think he's trying to get to the rim and, you know, maybe forcing his way in there a little little much, but he's getting to the rim and missing shots, not finishing through contact. He's got to figure that out. Evan Fournier made a lot of threes against the Cavs, couldn't hit an open shot against the Hawks. Same with Terrence Ross. Same with DJ Augustine with the the look that he had. Same with Nikola Vucevic. And Vuce has struggled with his touch around the rim since the preseason. These are all shots you know that they can make, that you trust they can make. They're just not going down. The Magic are, are far from a crisis point. I, mean, you know, I think the vibe that I got from listening to the team talk after the game and, and and from what they said after practice on Sunday, you can watch that video on OrlandoMagic.com. The vibe I got is it's a confident bunch. They know they're doing a lot of things right. They know that they're still competing and fighting hard and they know that eventually it's going to come. They have faith that, that, that they'll get back to their means, that they'll all shoot a whole lot better. And Saturday was a freak thing where everyone shot poorly. And yet... Orlando had the lead in the final two minutes. Orlando had every chance to win that game. So again, it's a simple answer for the Magic. Make shots. And it's, over the long term, this ability to make shots, this make or miss aspect of this league, it's going to determine whether this season is what the Magic ultimately want it to be.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: And the Magic will get a huge test on that front Monday night. I've been kind of eyeing Monday's game as really the first time we will get a sense of this Magic team. As really the first time that we'll be able to sit down and understand where this team is at. Coach Steve Clifford has said uh, said that you know these early games, that first game especially, was just about seeing where the magic are. No offense to Cleveland Cavaliers, they're probably not making the playoffs. Atlanta Hawks certainly a little bit of a sterner test. You know, a lot more offensive, offensive minded, huge weapons, and you know the Magic showed that they can be very good defensively, but still have some work to do. The Toronto Raptors our team that's going to test them in a lot of different ways. This is a team that's still figuring itself out. They're trying to re- reconfigure their identity a little bit without Kawhi Leonard, but a veteran group that knows how to win. Marcus Gasol is the kind of guy that gives Nikola Vucevic problems. He did in the playoffs for sure. He knows how to wedge himself in for rebounds, and the Magic's rebounding problems or perceived rebounding problems from Steve Clifford are going to be put to the test in this game. Because Gasol is going to beat you if you do not put a body on him in box out. If you're not physical with him on box outs, he is going to beat you. He's going to find a way to tip that rebound out to a teammate, to Kyle Lowry, to Norman Powell, to OG Ananobi, to Pascal Siakam. You'll find a way to corral that rebound for his team if you do not put a body on him. So all those issues the Magic are concerned about, you got, you got to solve them here. Toronto's also the kind of team that will put pressure on you defensively and try and force turnovers. And if you turn the ball over against this team as the Magic saw in the playoffs, the Raptors will run on you and they are very good at running on you. But this Raptors team is not last year's team and not just because they don't have Kawhi Leonard. Their bench is still a work in progress. They've got a lot of new pieces who are figuring out sort of the Raptors way. So they're a little bit depleted. Certainly, they got guys that can play very well. Serge Ibaka comes off that bench, and he is fantastic. He's he's played very, very well this year. OG Ananobi comes off the bench, and he's been really good. He had a really strong game against the Chicago Bulls, or he plays with that bench unit. I don't know if he comes off the bench, but he plays with that bench unit. Athletic wing, can block shots, can challenge people at the rim, can hit the three a little bit. Really good in transition as well. This Raptors team has some incredible weapons. Some dangerous weapons still. And they have a defense that can suffocate you and beat you just on that alone. Sort of like how the Magic want to play. These two teams are you know, still so strikingly similar. And they're similar in another way too. The Raptors, when they go to their bench, will go through through weak stretches of offense. Serge Ibaka is not a creator. They play Fred Van Vliet alongside Kyle Lowry in the starting lineup. They don't have guys that'll take you off the dribble outside of Lowry and Siaka. And so when those two guys are out, you know, Fleet can do it a little bit, but when those two guys are out, the Raptors' offense can stagnate. And yes, they, they can be beaten in those moments. The Magic do have the defense that can, that can hang with this Raptors team. But this game's going to test their defensive commitment. It's going to test their physicality on offense, whether they can take the bumps that the Raptors are going to throw at them. And again, yeah, the Magic are going to have to make shots to win this game. This is a great measuring stick. Not, you know, a, a test they have to pass or fail. I mean, you lose, it's not the end of the world here. You want to win this game, obviously, but but this is a perfect test for the Magic to see exactly where they're at defensively, to see exactly how they're playing, and, and frankly, how they respond to their loss to the Hawks. It's going to take a lot of work, a lot of work to be ready for this game. Because Toronto is a tough, tough team. And who knows? Maybe this is the game of the Magic. Snap out, snap out of their shooting funk and play really well. And if that happens, they have the defense that can shut Toronto down a little bit. Tip-off at the Scotiabank Center is at 7.30. The Orlando Magic take on the Toronto Raptors Monday night. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Hopefully, I have the podcast back up and running with all the bells and whistles. Tomorrow, we'll recap the Magic's game against the Toronto Raptors. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.